This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com. Greetings, fellow nerds. I am your host, Jason Chevron Chops, and welcome back to the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. Well, we made it through episode one. Why not continue? Today's episode features my buddy Matt, a fellow fledgling actor and podcaster, balancing his aspirations with a life, wife, and day job, just like me. We were supposed to talk about video games, and instead dove headfirst into conventions and Harry Potter. <laughs> After hanging out with me and Matt, prepare for more of my awkward pauses and terrible transitions as I talk with John Bergquist, Director of Communications for Soma Games. They are currently working on a game in the world of the beloved Redwall universe. Listen in to hear about what Soma Games are all about and how much they really love this creative industry. Also, be sure to review and share this podcast whoever you can. Rate and review it on iTunes. Shoot me an email for potential topics or guests. And follow the podcast on Twitter with at WagPodcast, Facebook.com slash WagPodcast, and WagPodcast.com. Are you seeing a theme? Now, prepare for liftoff. This is the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. This is your host, Jason Chevron Chops. Joining me today, my interweb bestie, Matt Leslanik. What's going on, Matt? Oh, good evening and not too much. How about yourself? Well, here I am just living through, you know, technical hurdles as we've been discussing. Uh, hopefully this doesn't screw up everything tonight, but we... We're going to cover some of like the, the current goings-ons in the game world. I'm going to talk about Matt's uh, gaming history because it sounded like he yes. didn't get to play as a child. So that's going to be interesting to find out. Um, something I had said before the recording got uh, deleted. Uh, we first bonded over our love for Beer Steins and Dana Snyder on Twitter. What? <laughs> do you remember that? I, I do. We both love that, man. Because, uh, I don't know, what's it been? It's got to be going on two Almost years a year now, now. Right? Oh, no, no, no. A year and a half? More than that. I, I I think it's more than that because it was definitely when I was still in California. Right. Which was... Yeah, before you moved. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, at least at least a year pushing two, something like that. So, I'm trying to measure these things. I usually measure them by Dragon Con happenings. And <laughs> there you are. It was two years ago I saw Dana Snyder there. He mm -hmm. wasn't there. No, three years ago. He wasn't there last year, but he was there. No, he was there last year. Wasn't there the year before. So, it's probably over two years now. Gotcha. Yeah. Matt goes to yeah. a lot of cons. He is a annual Dragon Con attendee. I am. A, a frequent flyer. Also, uh, <laughs> awesome VIP con membership in DC. holder. Ooh, awesome con, yeah. Yes. Who runs that one? Is there a big brand Everyone's attached Bartered to that? Town? Oh, wait. Yeah, right. Uh, Master Blaster, obviously. I don't actually know who runs Awesome Con. Uh, it's, it is, I don't know. They, they run uh, cons all up and down the East Coast. Okay. Well, that's that's what I was so it's, getting to. It's like. It's a bigger one. Yeah, because there's, there's 
it seems like there's two kinds of markets now with the cons. There's local ones and then the like national ones that you're, you're kind of creating a rift I that I see. Not you, but I mean they. Because like the local <laughs> ones. Well, yeah. What the hell, Matt? But um, the I'm local ones. <laughs> it's like the local ones, they start out as the, the, the good old days in like a public space, a few vendors, people selling their comic book collections, etc., if it's good, it grows, but it seems they all take that corporate turn at some point where it's like everybody turns into San Diego at some point where it's too yeah. crowded, too corporate. Like you've got guests, quote unquote, that have just zero relation to nerdy culture. Like I can't, I can't think of like, I don't know. I want to say true blood. Like when those characters oh, and actors vampires. show up. And yeah, like it, yeah, it's vampires. It's it's in kind of that vein, but like well, literally so they fit better for things like Dragon Con. Yeah. Right. So I mean, as long as you can stick to like whatever your core values were when you started or like as long as they're what people want, I guess it's cool, but yeah, it's it's a weird deal overall. It is. And and the whole con thing, it's like I stopped going to New York Comic Con because it came it became too much like San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Overcrowded. You couldn't they they stopped selling four day passes. Just, so you could try oh. and get tickets for all four days, but if I'm gonna come up to New York and I can only get tickets for one day, <laughs> right. What's the point? Right. None no. of that's cheap. No, that's true. And that's And for... I don't I don't make enough yet to just blow off that money, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. No. Um, but that's why I like Dragon Con, because it's four or five days in the hotel that you're staying in. True, yeah. You know. For us here, we've got... Um, Portland has its own Rose City Comic Con, which is that, that local purebred kind of one. And then up in Seattle, which is like three hours for me to get there, that's Emerald City Comic Con, which is one of the bigger ones now. So there's there's options, but... There was another one. I think Wizard World came through, and that was a kind of a, a dumpy dump. This, really? this that was like a, a couple of months ago, I think. And yeah, the feedback that I saw online was just like, mm. <laughs> yeah, no, that bad. Well, because that's the big corporate one. Like I said, that's that's the one where gotcha, gotcha. It's it's all about profit. That's it. Like they just want to get people and sell tickets and merch and make everybody pay through the nose for everything. Uh, that's not the audience. That's that's not us or we. That's that's not well, that's Legion. Interesting. Awesome Con started about four years ago, I think, uh, four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I went with Jen, uh, my fiance, and you know it was at the com- at the convention center in D.C., but it was two rooms, and that was it. Oh, wow. And it was a bunch of local comic book stores Mm -hmm. and stuff there, a couple out-of-state comic book stores, uh, a couple craft people, and a few stars were there to do panels. Well, there you go. And they did a Kickstarter for the next year to actually see if they could get something going. And the next year, they actually had it in the the big room of the the conference center. Mm -hmm. And then now I don't know if it got bought for the oh. year after that, for the last two years, it's been huge. Right. So they, that, wow. That, well, I mean, good for them. It's just, yeah, you yeah. really hope that it stays true to like the intentions, like the, the initial goals that they set out with, but 
That is, it is risky. I don't know. I mean, Ron Perlman was there last year. That's pretty big. Yeah. And that. I do love Ron Perlman. Right. Total man crush. (laughs) He seems like, I don't know. It's a weird thing where he's, I I feel like an asshole to say it because he's not like a great actor. (laughs) He's Ron Perlman though. But he's Ron Perlman. And it's, it's awesome to see him (laughs) not in made for TV movies. Like it's yes. great when he lands like a big shot, like mainstream release, like Hell, it, yeah, Hellboy, right? And Pacific Rim. I mean, thanks to, yep. hopefully, it's not just single handedly thanks to Guillermo, because I mean, he's shown up in everything he's done <laughs> in some capacity. I mean, he he was in the la- latest, uh, the Harry Potter, not Harry Potter, but the Fantastic Beast movie. Was he? What you know that right? No, he was the goblin that crossed him. Okay, the the one he in like the, like the nightclub in the yes yes I can I can put the, that together. Who ran that? Oh well, good thing you told me because I'm never going to watch the movie again. <laughs> Why not? It wow, <laughs> you've seen it obviously. Is that for another time, is that for another time? Oh no, that's this is this is we're we're into it now. Did you not like that movie? I did not like that movie. Because we're this like is a movie? Harry Potter household. And oh, okay. Yeah, when the family channel has that crap on, it's on all weekend. Like we that's that's I've the got channel. The eight eight disc Blu-ray set, man. Oh, I know oh, yeah. I know those feelings. Yeah, got got that too. <laughs> Bought them for Jen, not really for me. No. But, you know. Well, that's that's how this started. I remember when the first one came out. Not interested. I had a, a kid nephew that was watching it, and it's like, yeah, I, I dug how well realized the world was, in the, mm. in the films, but it wasn't my bag back then. And still, like watching the first couple movies is pretty painful, just because they're, I, they're they're too soft, they're I too kitty. Well, I mean, I mean, they are kids' stories and kids' books. Mm-hmm. So I, I I didn't see. I think the first three of them, or the first two at least, uh, and then I was watching some of my younger cousins and they're like, let's put Harry Potter on. Like, All right. And I, I'm five beers in. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and I enjoyed it. The first two movies, they were is that, stories, but like you said, they, they were, is a very well realized world. So is that on your care.com profile? <laughs> What's that? Is that on your care.com profile? When I look you up to babysit my kids, <laughs> give me, give me five <laughs> or six beers in the Harry Potter DVD and, Oh, we'll all be, we, we, I'll put your kids down just right. Oh my God. Beer too. I'll show up about four beers deep, have one more while we go over the, the ground rules and then we're, we're off to the races. <laughs> and, and, and part of my price is you leave me two roadies for when I'm on my way out. That's right. I need two for the road. Yes. Uh, but you were saying, yeah, like the, the first, the first few are like very, very kitty, but. I mean, they do. They they can they're, they can set fun. the hook. They, yeah. they, they actually had the fun down well. You know, it, it, even though they were kitty, you could you could chuckle at the different things and, oh, and yeah. I don't know. There was just something enjoyable to it. <clears throat> well, it's like any good family movie. It's got the elements that appeal to everybody in the family. The kids yeah. like it. There's innuendo that's over their heads. There's crazy action and a little bit of violence, but nothing too scary. Well, something for the adults, right? No, and then it started getting darker. And that's when it got really good. 
Yeah, I, that I so I was traveling for uh, a government agency at that point, and I was um, so I was in the country like. I would be home for four or five days to do laundry, and then I'd be out of the country for six days <laughs> or six weeks. Oh man! And then I'd come back, and you know, so that the third movie came out, and I, I had one day to see it, so I'm there at a, a twelve o'clock matinee on a Thursday, seeing this, surrounded by three hundred kids. I'm like, this feels bad. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this, but I'm, I'm gonna, gonna watch up, this movie. I paid for it. I'm gonna end up on an FBI <laughs> list, aren't I? <laughs> Robert Stack is going to talk about me at some point. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> right? Ah, no one will know. No. Those, those are the we best. We weren't recording that part. <laughs> oh, it's great. But yeah, and then it just got it got better. It got mm-hmm. darker. More adult-ish. I don't know. Yeah. And very satisfying. Like, how it all came together and the way everything worked out in the end. Like, all the doors were closed. All the... Loose ends were tied, and you felt good mm-hmm. about everything. Yeah, I, I don't think J.K. Rawlings is a great writer, but she is a fun writer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to, like, compare it to other media, but it's like, I don't know, like, daytime kids' cartoon shows. Like, there's there's people that write those and kick ass at it, and then there's people that write blockbuster movies. So, yeah, it, it takes all kinds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course, right after uh, after seeing the third one, I read all I've read all the books oh, that were okay. published at that point. So, but I mean, those kind of books you could. I went through the first two books in I think two days. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't hard reading. No, pretty <laughs> pretty breezy, man. But yeah, the new movie though, I just feel like it had the adventure, it had no soul, and it was also ninety nine point nine percent green screen. I feel like it could have been about 20 minutes shorter too. I've yeah, I've heard that as well that it just does it just it, drags. But it, it it was almost like the they they didn't have the pacing down. I I don't no. know. There were parts that were really fun. Mm-hmm. And then why are we still talking about this? And why are we still talking about, you know, right. and then it was fun again. Right. And it just it should have kept I, that I feel like, that fun fast pace. Yeah, exactly. And and I just don't like Johnny Depp showing up and everything. God damn it. <laughs> well, it, it is. It's it's so unnecessary. And I mean, with everything else he has going on, it's like, really? And now yeah. you're you're going to be a part of this. I mean, it's going to be a franchise. Like they want to do. Your 18th franchise. Another, yeah. At least another trilogy I mean, out of this. But let's just get him into the Fast and Furious movies and we'll be set. Well, now you've done it. Now you, oh, you just, I yeah. Did. Oh God. Better knock on some wood. Jeez. <laughs> there uh, it is. I just did. did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> okay, oh God. Good. So and he's going to show up in some kind of white face paint with a weird hat. Right. And drive a car. <laughs> oh man. That so, looks like a pirate ship. So what, <laughs> so you did overall enjoy it and like it? Is it part of the, the family um, now? Uh, I haven't bought the Blu-ray. So mm-hmm. it's not part of the family yet. I went with Jen for that one, and she enjoyed it. She loves that world. Yeah. And just being back in that world was fun. Well, that's that's where... And there's, it's a bit of nostalgia. But I feel like that's where the they... The Harry Potter books aren't that old, but, you know. Yeah, but I feel like that's where they, they let it down, is they didn't have enough of that. Like, they, they went so deep into making their own stuff 
that, yeah, there's little callbacks and hints of things here and there, but besides the fact that there is magic, like they've, it's, it's all kind of clean slate stuff and the whole fantastic beasts angle of it. It's like, we never heard about any of this crap ever in anything. And they're just, I don't know, like cartoon characters. Like somebody just crapped well, them out. Remember like, the, the... The, the the Newt Scamander dude is the dude who wrote the textbooks that Harry Potter used. Yeah. but And this is his research for those, I believe. I just that, wish, that's what it's supposed to be, I think. Yeah, but I just wish there was actually like more tied into the existing mythos. Like, like I said, none that's of fair. the creatures in this movie exist in the Harry Potter series, except for like well, the two goblins. <laughs> Dumbledore will be in the next movie. That's that's what it needs. It it needs more of those connecting threads that are just part of it. And I mean, for me, oh my God, there it is again. For me, for just, me. Had, just had a lengthy conversation about that earlier. But um, <laughs> with the the Harry Potter series, the only thing that I think they should have done is Harry Potter the Aura done like that's okay. it okay like that that's it writes itself it's he's I would have gone with killed off ron that ginger <laughs> um it can oh, still be a part of it part. i mean you know but get rid of that bastard oh my god but that's the thing it's it's that's what he did with his life after the movies why aren't we exploring that why isn't it hey here's it's like an indiana jones scenario yeah, he's a professor. Oh, no, that's true. But he's also an I can hundred percent see that. Yeah, and he moonlights with with his buddies from school. Like you can pull everything back together and and make it fresh and new and take it crazy places as opposed to just wiping the table off and making. Shit I mean, up. I kind of get that from the writer standpoint that once you're you feel like you've told all the stories in a certain uh, part of a world, you want to move on and maybe try something different. Yeah. Dig into new, new territory. Yeah. For, for a creativity from the creativity standpoint, you, mm-hmm. you, you feel like you've, uh, gone through all you can tell in that. I get that. Right. And if the next movie is, is good and I'm pretty sure it will be at least enjoyable. Yeah. Although Johnny right. Depp's in it. God damn. <laughs> it's, it's going to be watchable bar. None. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just can you know, it and, can it like surpass any of the previous? And that's that's always just going to be looming over it. That's never going to go away. <laughs> well, Fantastic Beasts did fairly well, did it not? Pretty sure. I just don't it's feel just like it has much the because legs. It was attached to Harry Potter, right? And in, in the next one so will be the fine. Next one, it should go it should ahead, do sorry. fine. But yeah, it it is. It's a it's a weird mixed bag of everything, and that's that's the thing. Like. There's going to be people that are, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if there's going to be diehards as much as there have been before. And for other franchises and extensions, this, it's just, it's an odd, I think there will be. From, from what I've seen online of, of the, the millions of, of fans that she has on her Pottermore site. Yeah. I don't think she'll have any problems whatsoever. Yeah. Getting people to watch the next movie. No. Because I mean, I we're guaranteed to. I mean, yeah, this, this one. We'll see. I will watch the hell out of it. Yeah, and but like this, this first one, it it won't be owned. Like I think we already came to that that it it will not. It'll be, be a owned purchase. when the set comes out. Yeah, it's one of those. Because even, I mean, 
same difference with the the Hobbit movies, like Lord of the Rings, oh. epic, fantastic. We need to own it. We have like three different versions. Comes to the Hobbit, yep. and we have them. We had them recorded on our DVR, and I think I did buy like the PlayStation Network so we can stream it on there. <laughs> but that's it. And even then, it I took forever. To. I refuse to buy the Hobbit movies. <laughs> They're same thing though. Like you just said about Fantastic Beasts, the first two are fun. They are watchable. They're fun. They're they've got enough of the 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 wonderment. They're so padded though. They are. There's so much fluff in there and just junk yeah. that they threw in that never existed before. But once you're like past that, that's it. Like the first it, movie suckered me back in with with the soundtrack and yeah. and you know, bag end again uh-huh. and Bilbo, I, I just, I love The Hobbit, but it's a, a 300 page book that did not need to be 12 hours of movie. Exactly. And that's, who knows where the fault of that lies? Cause I feel like it's more of a studio, like people. Peter in Jackson. I don't think it's Peter though. I think he had pressure and felt like he had the, the kind of, um, the energy and spirit to do it. Not really initially setting out to do it though like it, it wasn't so his original about vision. it he they, he wasn't the first choice for that but the hobbit i believe it was guillermo del toro was trying for it mm. and he didn't get it and the studio wanted peter jackson to come back and make another trilogy and yeah from people i i, I can't cite a source on this one i just remember reading it he was his heart wasn't in it he was mm-hmm. forced to do it all rushed right and it was just all right, let's get it done. I He didn't have the same love for it that he had in the other movies. Yeah, and I've heard too that like they just, they were just basically making it up as they went with a lot of things. So it's like basically who knows how much of the movie is just improv more or less. Like, and on on, Kinda. The, on a bad scale because it's, it's, we're going to improvise story and characters, <laughs> not just lines. Well, yeah, no, they they went they went to the appendix, the appendices of the Hobbit where a lot of things were mentioned with one sentence or or one or two words. So let's make a whole and use that B to plot out. <laughs> yeah. Well, even the fact that the the um the orcs involved in the whole thing what's his face dies in that like kind of flashback story. I can't. I can't think of their names. Which, what's his face? There's Bolg is the the second one. He's the one that's kind of chasing them the whole time. But then what's what's the white guy? Like what do they call him? The, the uh, pale or something? The Defiler. Yeah, all Arzog, I think, or something like that. But yeah, is it? It's it's something like that. But he dies in the book, and that's it. He's gone. Bolg is the one that they're fighting with the whole story. So they just completely from the outset said, nah, we're going to do it our own way. J.R.R. Tolkien didn't know what he was talking about. No. I mean, the the silver. I got this. I got this. Right? (sighs) Crazy. Peter Jackson was like, hold my beer. I got this. (laughs) Oh, man. And same thing, too, with the the green screen effect, where that's where... um, What's his face? God, why am I so flipping terrible today with names? Magneto. <laughs> yes. Fastbender. Uh, no, 
the other Ian Magneto. <laughs> Ian McKellen was like suicidally depressed making that movie because everything he was doing with the hobbits was green screen. No one in the room talking to himself. He said he had like a nervous breakdown on set. <laughs> with good reason. Right. No. How could anybody be satisfied with something like that? Especially being a a traditional actor and having, oh, no, just no. But that's, that's it. That's the through line with all of it. And that's, that's why we got what we ended up with, unfortunately. Yeah. A lot of people said no, just no. Right. But we're going to make it anyway. Right. (sighs) Because money. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, lots of video game talk here, but hey. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sorry for derailing this conversation. This is why at least I didn't at least I didn't bring up Alien Covenant. No, that's that's in the next podcast. Spoiler. <laughs> oh boy. So this may be a video game podcast, but it is a video game lifestyle podcast first. This 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 show is about being a gamer, not just games. So I'm I'm, I'm working on kind of developing that and making it more of the, the, I don't know, the soul and the outlook and the direction of the show. Call, call it a baby nerdist just because that's an easy comparison, but I do want to talk about all of the culture. It doesn't need to focus on video games. Like, yes, that's always going to be at the core of it, but it doesn't need to be everything. And that's where, yeah, the spoiler alert with the alien covenant podcast, that's coming up after this. That's exactly what I want to do with this. And it's my goddamn show. So (laughs) in closing, it's fantastic. I don't care what we talk about as long as it's not politics. (laughs) That that is fair. I don't want to also very safe. I don't want to talk about Antifa. I don't want to talk about her emails. I don't want to talk about the color of his skin. None of it. (laughs) No, unless we're talking about the color of Peter Jackson's skin. Oh, He's looking a little pale lately. Oh, the poor guy. Yeah, I think he went vegan yeah. or something. No, he went he went hobbit. Oh no. Yeah, that... he started looking like a hobbit while he was filming. Eaten... I mean, it worked for him though, you know? Oh yeah. No, he he it was funny like from Lord of the Rings to I mean, post Lord of the Rings and into the Hobbit, he went from Peter Jackson to Dominic Monaghan's brother. For me, yes, like he really did. Yeah, it's bizarrely, like it's crazy. You he guys became worked, a hobbit. Yeah, you guys worked so close together, and you literally, literally turned into him. What, what the hell? Mm-hmm. What goes on in New That's Zealand? Total immersion, man. So from here, I have an interview coming up with John Bergquist. He is the director of communications at a place called Soma Games up here in Newburg, Newburg, Oregon. Um, another, it's, it's actually like a crazy tie-in that we just randomly came upon. They have the license or rights or whatever you want to call it and are developing a Redwall game. Are you familiar with that series? No, no. What's, what is the Redwall series? It is 22 plus books written since 1988. And it's all Brian about, Jacques. yeah, it's all about, uh, like anthropomorphic animals, kind of like Narnia in a, in a way, but 
their whole kind of like fantasy realm and all the stories that, that go on. I'm, I'm completely unfamiliar with it too. These, this game that they're working on is basically a sideline story that takes place during and around the events of some of the earlier books. It's a completely new, interesting. yeah, it's a, it's a completely new story, new characters, new, all kinds of things. And it's pretty damn exciting and they are very excited about it. So look forward to hearing him talk about that. And in the meantime, I would like to thank Mr. Matthew for joining us. Um, he is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Like me, he wants to be a voice actor. He loves doing podcasting and has other hobbies as well. Where can people find you if they feel so inclined, sir? Are you thinking? Oh, I am on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, my Twitter account is, I actually don't remember at the moment. I think it's uh, Big, Big Matty Matt Nasty. Nasty. <laughs> Real mature no bro. Nasty. <laughs> Uh, I'll put and it in I the description. Also, uh, I'm doing podcasts with uh, ACPN as well. That's the big one. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, again, thank you for joining me on this is now should be the second episode. And we are well on our way running off the rails <laughs> as any good podcast Ooh. does. <laughs> exactly. Well, kids, thanks thank for, you again for having me. Yes. And we will be back together in the future. This is just like every Bond oh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> Jason and Matt will return in, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll think of a title. The future. The future. Yes. Thanks again. And we'll talk again soon. Welcome back everybody to the well-adjusted gamer podcast. This is your host, Jason Chevron chops. Today I am joined by John Bergquist, director of communications for Soma games. How are we doing today, John? Great. It's great to be here, Jason. Well, thank you very much for carving out a little bit of time to to talk here and go over everything that we're working on over there. Um, I guess we could just dive Absolutely. right in. Yeah, we'll dive right in and let's talk about where is Soma Games specifically, your offices? Uh, we're, we're located just southwest of Portland, about, you know, about 30 miles southwest on the way to the coast uh, in Newburgh, Oregon. Beautiful place, nice uh, college town. It's where George Fox University is located. Okay. So not too far away from downtown and easy access down further south, I bet, too, right? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we had a lot of folks that suggested we have the offices either downtown or in Beaverton someplace. Mm -hmm. you know, more access, accessible to the larger city, and we chose to stay out in wine country on purpose. Just <laughs> <laughs> quality of life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, none of us like... Yeah, none of us like traffic jams, except uh, some of the staff comes in from the you know, Portland urban area down here. Yeah, but, yeah, that's probably a lot better because they're they're going against traffic at, at that point. Yeah, yeah, you're going the opposite direction mm -hmm. of the traffic. Oh, that's that's the way to be. Yeah, for me, I my my day job is a night job, so that helps as well when I'm heading into town. <laughs> right. Oh, it's it's nice being the only person on the road, and then it's insane when you actually do go out during the day and experience all that madness like oh yeah. exactly although when we when we go to san francisco or la yeah. or fort worth or new york city we, we go we throw it we're thrown into shock because we had to, right we have to get into traffic oh. and, and have the hustle bustle yeah you thought it was bad but <laughs> it's, it's all about context yeah. 
man. Um, well, good. Uh, Soma Games itself, how long have you guys been together? Well, Soma Games was started in 2000, like Christmas, a little bit fall of 2008. And, you know, Chris Gags just had this great idea. Um, he invited me along to help him start the company mm-hmm. in the very beginning and a couple, you know, partners. And it was the, right at the beginning of the first iPhone. And, you know, actually at the time, I think all that we were developing for was even like the, the touch iPod. Oh, wow. And yeah, so we had our first little game, G prime. It was, it was so much fun a little gravity space gravity game. Mm-hmm. And that launched was launched with really the first iTunes games, uh, you know, store at Christmas time. So it was a lot of fun. I remember going out and getting my first iTouch. I didn't have an iPhone or anything, but I got an iTouch and, you know, actually downloading your game. And there wasn't a lot of games at, at that time. True. So, yeah. You know, the market was pretty new, but that's how we got started. And, you know, the dream was to have, you know, full console games mm-hmm. eventually. And, but we really kind of made our mark first in, in mobile, nice. uh, developing G prime. And then we had, uh, uh, Bok Choy Boy, uh, which was, uh, I don't know if you ever saw on the vending machines, like you go to Safeway, Kroger's, uh, Walmart, and you have those little, uh, you put in a, I don't know what it is now, a quarter, and you get out a little uh, toy. Yeah. Well, Bok Choy Boys, yeah, and so Bok Choy Boys are everywhere uh, throughout the U.S., mm-hmm. And so we made it. We made a deal with with the company that produces those to put a little QR code in, and we created this great mobile game where these little creatures come alive and battle dark forces, and and release that on iPad and I, iPhone. Nice. Um, Kindle yeah. Fire uh, did that on the Intel Game Store when they had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, app up, and it was it was great. In fact, it's still. I mean, we've had millions of downloads in like around the world. Problem with that is a lot of it's free to play, but it was it was a lot great growing experience for us. And then uh, our first um, Soma title, the Bok Choy Boy, was more on the on the Code Monkey side, which is a company that Chris Gags has had for over a decade, um, doing you know mainly back end and web work. Okay. And and but the first Soma title uh, after G, the little G uh, Gravity game was called wind up robots and that that's it's rich story a little bit about robots that uh help this little boy in his nightmares destroy uh these creatures or giants or um you know and and monsters yeah it seems that it's kind of like a it's like a bedroom rts with little robots yeah yeah Yeah. it is yeah yeah. it was so fun it looked like yeah you know in fact I haven't played it in a while and I played it the other day. I was like, this is a really great kick. <laughs> we did that. Um, but, but in the meantime, as we were, you know, plugging along with those things, we, we built a lot of games from a lot for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And we also did a lot of porting games from Android to iOS or and back and forth. So that we, a lot of, a lot of work like that just to pay the bills, mm-hmm. but all in the, in the meantime, you know, slowly working on our games. And then uh, this last uh, Christmas season, we finally were able to launch our our first console game on the Xbox uh, and Steam. For it's called uh, G Prime, and that was the reboot of the little Gravity game. Oh, okay. But this is a full on, 
crazy gravity game on the Xbox mm -hmm. and we got into the Xbox program with Microsoft and that was a kick because it's a you're talking a whole new ball game going from mobile gaming to console gaming. Right. And uh, so that launched last last year and so we're Steam partners now, Xbox partners and in the back we've been working on Redwall mm -hmm. um, for quite a while just a lot of it's just getting the licensing nailed down but uh, we felt really blessed to have this IP come our way of Redwall. Oh yeah, you know, thirty-five million. Yeah, thirty-five million books sold. There's so many fans. Right. I mean, you just say the word Redwall on our page, on our Facebook page, and and people just go crazy. Yeah. So we uh, that's all kind of wrapped up, and and all of the contracts are signed, and and so we're in full development. We have actually been in full development for a while, uh, and. We haven't announced the release date, but I'm excited about it. So I'll just mm -hmm. say that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's looking good. And then you had a really successful Kickstarter that you guys did too, right? We we did, yeah. So we when we first got the license, we we're like, okay, you know, we're still in this process. You know, the game's going to happen. But we're in this process, like, how do we engage the fans? How do we get them excited? How do we, you know, do some things in the meantime? Because mm -hmm. there's, you know, you've got so much in the background, you know, making sure that everything is um, up to speed as far as the legal side, because mm -hmm. you want to make sure that that stuff's good. Right. So we started a Kickstarter that built a Redwall um, world, mostly the Abbey within Minecraft. And so that's had thousands and thousands of downloads and that was a we we funded i think within the first first couple of days of the first week right and it surprised us <laughs> just you know we're like i think i think we asked for 11 and we got 17 and that was a fun fun project and it kind of got people excited about what was coming and it got us to be able to start to communicate with them and tell them who we are that you know we're we're very careful with the, with the IP mm -hmm. that we love Redwall. Um, our my kids read it. Um, you know, we're lots of the you know everybody's a fan of Redwall, so we wanted to make sure the fans knew that and that we're taking very very good care of this this uh, this whole series of games. Yeah, because it is. It's definitely going to be precious to a lot of people out there that have either grown up with Absolutely. it or still involved in it. I mean, because it's been. I saw oh, like yes. over 22 books in the series at least. And oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> However much yeah, other daughter, media. My daughter, yeah. My daughter's on book six, I think right now she started uh, reading them. We were, I took a short break and I was with, um, I was teaching, my wife and I were teaching English in China for about six months starting last September. Wow. And so I got her, I think we got her one of the books in September and she could not put them down. So I was on, you know, uh, on oh I, my mind just blanked out the Amazon service over there it's not Amazon oh um oh what's it called anyway the <laughs> Taobao yeah Taobao is how you order everything I think you can you can just about order anything in China on <laughs> Taobao but but the books the Redwall books mm -hmm. were pretty popular even on Taobao and they're pretty expensive so we've spent a pretty big uh, <laughs> amount of money just getting keeping her in books right. while we were over there um, we got back here in, in February. And she's still every night. She's a uh, she's fourteen, mm -hmm. and she just loves them. It's so cool to watch just how much she enjoys them. It's it's that kind of thing. You know, they're popular. You know, they're they they really tap into that you know desires and imagination of 
of tweens mm -hmm. and adults, but you don't really see that on the level that you do until your own kid starts <laughs> getting Jeez. into these yeah. things. They cannot put them down. I can only so. imagine because I, I do. I think about that just in, in shallower terms, just with video games of those experiences yeah. that are kind of set up to take off once I do have my own kids running around like, oh, God, I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, unless the funny, they end up hating games. She's 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 probably my worst critic. You know, it's like oh. she's like, you know, and so I'll be like, oh, you know, or most of the stuff she's just love. But there's been a few iterations, you know, before the public sees stuff, mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, that's not. I don't know about that. And you know, so you know, I've kind of given that feedback to artists and, and mm -hmm. the developers and stuff, and it's been great because. You know, she and she gets so excited that I bring home a poster that we made in, in the shop or something. And just, mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm dad's very popular for a week. So. <laughs> Getting all those dad points. Yep. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, what type of gameplay are we talking about in terms of Redwall? What's what's the because you've, you've got the Minecraft Abbey for now. That's kind of a a, a breeding ground for kind of getting people involved and throwing ideas around and seeing what kind of feedback there is now for the final game yeah. though, what are we talking about? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's exploring. I mean, you think about what, what does the fan want to do? They mm -hmm. want to be in the red wall world. They want to explore, they want to see things, they want to participate. But I think, I mean, if, if you're dropped into a, a Tolkien world or you're dropped into one of those worlds, and of course you're going to go and quest and do things, mm -hmm. but a big piece of it is just, I mean, part of it is just the art. Um, it's something that's very, very important to Soma Games is art and beauty. Mm -hmm. And and that's something that's just going to every single scene, every single character, everything that we're doing is making sure that that reflects the Redwall world. And so exploration, you know, adventure, um, you know, a lot of things, you know, I, I don't know if you're going to have Chris on this, but he's really good at explaining that. But you know, a lot of those things we've discussed on the art streams. In fact, if you go to YouTube of uh, SomaGames.com or SomaGames YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, you'll see we've got dozens of art streams where we've done live discussions talking about where we're headed. Uh, also, the artists have done some live demos and, and as they're shading and drawing and Right. modeling so a lot of those questions you can find there and i won't go into it because it's going to get too complicated <laughs> if, if we do but yeah so i would say adventure exploring um and those aspects and we tried to enter into that with the minecraft you know build because it, it kind of uh it kind of begins that imagination of what i would do in a red wall world mm -hmm. you know what, what would i do as a character you know if i was placed in in a scene and in a and one of the books, what would I do? And I, that's where we've kind of gone from there. Nice. And it is, I, I remember I spoke with Erin a while ago. Um, she works on art assets for you guys. Um, and yeah. we, we talked about the fact that it is like kind of, it's, it's a slippery slope for you guys. And it's a weird, weird kind of thing where you've, you're making this world that's been in everybody's imaginations for so long. And, and the art, there's a little bit out there, but then, to create that world and, and have it envelop everything that, that these stories have been about like that, that is a, a monumental challenge. That's, that's exciting and, and daunting it, at the same time. It, oh yeah, it really has been. And I think that's why we, we built our fan base, you know, like I mentioned with Minecraft and the Kickstarter 
and then with Facebook is because the more interaction we have with the fans and the more, I mean, you know, it's not like we're telling the fans, the fans are telling us what to do, but we're, we're as the artist and as the, as the fans of the Redwall world too, we're coming up with our best imaginations of what this would look like. Mm -hmm. And then we're, we're sharing that and getting the feedback and, and we've made changes based on, on certain feedback. I think we've, we've hit a mark with them, which has been great. And we, you know, we get very little negative feedback. In fact, very little. When I say little, it's like one per post of <laughs> getting like a thousand comments. Nice. Which is great because yeah. I don't know if you've, when you go to a movie or you play a game, and I, I remember this happening with me, especially with the Lord of the Rings series, is I, I read the books, I love the books. And then I go and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like they got inside my head. <laughs> and that's where we want to be. Yeah. And, you know, as opposed to other films, uh, books where you're just like, did they even read the book? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's not. And so that's where we're trying to hit. And, you know, like you said, everybody has different opinions. Mm -hmm. But when you're when you're hitting upon 99 percent of the or 99.9 percent .9 of the audience saying we're right on, keep going. That's a great place to be. Yeah, you're definitely tapping into the, the vein with that one. That's good. Um, and that's what we want to keep doing. <laughs> yeah, you got to. That's it. Once once you get there, you got to stay there. That's that's crucial too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> that's very exciting though. Um, what kind of like with the the Minecraft Abbey? I know. Have you guys gone back through and I think you were dumping art assets in there once things were created for people to kind of see, not not to interact with in the world, but it's like an interactive museum, is it not? Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, there's there's quotes, there's art, there's different things. And it's been interesting. And it's probably something we need to just go back because, you know, it's you know, we've moved on because we're developing the main game. Right. But it's it's pretty cool that it's out there. And it's something that I'm glad we did because it's it's a uh, I was I honestly I mean, my my son and I played Minecraft with him and he's a my son, you know, built so many things in Minecraft. Um, but I, I've kind of walked away from a little bit just because of other things I've been doing, but mm -hmm. that's a great, great place to do that. I think because yeah. it's, you know, it's it, a, it was a great place for us to map out like, okay, what is this? How big is this world? Mm -hmm. And things like that. Those kind of questions. Yeah. figured out scales. Cause that was another thing Aaron yeah. and I talked about was just, just the scale of a world in inhabited by anthropomorphic animals, like how does that even work? Like in terms of the size and right. scale of everything. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. Oh, I mean, it is, it's, it's super exciting. And being a series of 22 books, you've definitely got a lot to pull from, but it's also going to be, it's, this you is really like, a, do. this is a new side story, right? We're not following the actual stories from the books. This is going to be new characters in relation to those goings ons. Am I right? Exactly. They're going to make new characters, you know, created and, you know, they're going to be, you know, moving alongside the stories. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. So you'll have different new characters. It's pretty exciting to see that take form. Yeah, that's always something for me. I mean, especially with the the way film is today, the biggest things are these Marvel movies, the superhero stuff. All those stories are well established and it's kind of a, a balancing act for studios to go in everybody's seen and read those stories. I mean, for the, the real true hardcore fans, they know them inside and out. If you go in and start right. moving stuff around and changing things, it's a shock. 
So which has happened. I mean, the, right. the backlash of that is is deadly. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's it's ruined in in my opinion <laughs> the the DC side of it. It's you've completely yeah, twisted these yeah. characters and stories into something that doesn't even represent what it originally was. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's it's kind of sacred. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um but with this series, I mean, what you're doing is a great way to kind of balance it just by default because you're not going to interfere and twist anything that's already existing. You're adding to it. Exactly. And that, that is, that's exactly. a great way to go yeah. because there's a reason people yeah. are invested in this series and love the characters and stories. Why would you want to mess right. that up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. Very exciting. Um, back on G prime, I've, I've gone through and looked at a lot of that. It's, it's got like a great art style. There's so much to it that i mean not that the first game didn't do anything with it because there is there's tons of story there's background in it but it's it in the end for me it feels like a tease because there's just so much more there and where where do we plan to go with something (laughs) like that because i mean that that's one of the things too that you said like all of these different series have massive stories and and build up behind the scenes it's the, the game is just kind of a window into that world. So where, where do we plan yeah. on going with that one? Cause I, it's, it's one that definitely caught my interest. Cause I, I do like the, it's like a steampunk space style. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's such an amazing world and it's, there's so much to be told still. And, mm-hmm. and part of that is, you know, the shop has to keep the lights on. So we gotta <laughs> do what's going to sell. Right. Um, but we have, you know, going back to G Prime, and there's a, there's so much to be told. And in fact, that that world uh, Bible or world book that we have written on that that Chris has been working on for quite a while, it's a whole retelling of the Noah's Ark story. Okay. And in space, so it's this crazy. Uh, you know, you got these this planet of people, you know, that are. They're running out of resources, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like, like, like many of the stories <laughs> we hear today. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And they're looking toward space for you know, something they're, to be able to to sustain, not just to sustain their own Earth or their own world, but also to explore, like, maybe if, if we can't live here anymore, we have to go someplace else. Mm-hmm. And they start to see this this ice or this fog that comes in. It's kind of the strange, you know, crystalline you know, water material that also has minerals in it. And so they, they send out ships to go start mining this stuff. But as they, as they reach it, they're realizing this stuff actually has an effect on their minds, their, their bodies. And so there's lots going on in this story. And wow. And so G prime is the point where you're starting to go out there and map these things. Like you're, they're training cadets and there's corporations that are vying to have, mining rights and 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 so you're you're just touching on that in g prime you're getting used to you know mapping these things and and uh with these rockets these pinging rockets and the next phase of that we already have a build real early build uh started called f and so gf mm-hmm. you know yeah and e f g you know kind of going with these themes and f is where you're actually going out and you're a miner and you're mining things and there's pirates that are stealing from you and you have encounters with, you know, aliens and it's, it's pretty cool. And then the next one's beyond that Mm -hmm. is this, uh, yeah. So it just keeps going. It's really cool. It is. But of course 
really we we had to put we have to put that whole world on the side you know while we work on Redwall and you know put our best into that but it's mm-hmm. something we we absolutely want to get back to one of those and passion projects. Other, yeah, yeah. I mean, even Wind Up Robots, it's like it's like it's it's a deep story, mm-hmm. and there's eventually this this story of of uh, you know fighting these giants and which would be, you know, a console game or so it's, it's, there's, we've got a long list of things we want to do. Um, but being given the privilege and the, and the opportunity, the huge opportunity to, to do something like Redwall, we had to put those on the back burner for a while. And, um, you know, they get still to get talked about and, and, and hopefully, you know, as things go, we'll, we'll be able to come back into those worlds. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, with the team there, what kind of, I, cause we've got kind of all the bases covered with you guys from all the different sides of programming, coding and art and everything kind of a rundown of just generally, where's everybody from? What, what's everybody doing? What's, what's the team look like as a whole? Yeah. When we started SOMO, one of the, like I talked about the beauty and art are so important, but also people, you know, that's mm-hmm. this, um, we love to have be in that place where uh, we find talent or find somebody that's, that's excited about art or they're excited about business or um, coding, whatever that it could be. Mm-hmm. And then bringing them in and um, helping them along the way. And then really once they're ready to launch on their own or go off on a new big project that's, you know, a dream from, they, you know, launch them out into that. Um, and that's kind of been a pattern that we've had for a while. Uh, we had uh, Natty Wada is uh, one of our first early artists with Bok Choy Boy and, and Wind Up Robots mm-hmm. and different, and a lot of the games we did for others. And he's off um, producing, you know, or doing art for a game studio in Eugene, Oregon now. Nice. And, doing really well mm-hmm. and you know, another one is is ryan green uh who is the huge award-winning fame from uh um that dragon cancer game oh right and yeah. so ryan was a, a programmer that came in and his dream was to be a video game programmer and so he came in uh with coding you know he he was a coder uh came in he helped us launch bok choy boy and wonder wonder robots and now, you know, history has been told just, right. you know, all the awards he's getting for that that game and, and his studio that they started with a couple other um, uh, friends of ours. And so it's that's kind of a model of like what Chris and I and Randy and different folks like the start of the Somo brand that we wanted to do is be able to, to, to bring people in with a passion and a desire and talent and then help them along, give them the tools they need and the education they need and the real world experience. And then it gets to the point where they could go off and do their own thing. And of course, stay here as hopefully as long yeah, as we as can as long as them. possible, yeah. But that's, yeah, but that's what we've done pretty successfully along the way. We've got a strong intern program where we've, we've had, you know, I don't know, a dozen or more interns. And a lot of the folks that are working with us today started as interns uh aaron it was an intern mm-hmm. um i think jeremy uh and emily um some of our programmers were and and that's been really i love that part is is it gets a little tricky when you're in full game to production because you know you know, an intern come in and it's 
a lot of places, a lot of businesses um, have a hard time giving the intern what to do. Mm-hmm. That's useful rather than you right. know, doing the dishes, which is not the best. But, <laughs> yeah, that's not what I came here for, guys. Really, yeah, this is not. That's what. That's not what we want to do. Um, but that's something that we've always uh, enjoyed doing. Uh, we created a, a portal where they can they can type in their dreams and their aspirations and kind of their story on the page and that thing is filled up. I've got so many applications Yeah, and we get ones every day and it's, um, it's tough because you you're like, well, you got all these people asking for internships and how do you choose? Mm-hmm. But, but that's something that's, that's real important to us. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. It is. It's, it's really a beautiful thing because it, it's something that is lacking overall just as an industry because it is a business and, I think, yeah, a lot of, once you get to a certain point, a lot of companies just forget about that. And it does, I mean, you start turning into a, a a EA where it's about the profit. It's about the, the bottom line. And that takes the, the soul out of it that everybody got into it for in the first place. So no, it's, it's, it's very inspiring that you guys are making that a priority. And and there has to be a place, you know, there's so many gatekeepers in the industry and any entertainment industry, and there has to be some places where they, you know, folks that, that have the knack, they have the talents, they have the, the desire and, and, and the hard work that they want to be the hard workers. There has to be a place for them to get a start. Right. Um, and it, it, it's hard for me it's, when we go to GDC, I love hanging out with the students and just seeing what they're up to and, mm-hmm. and just kind of seeing what they're, what they're aiming for and those kind of things. And, but at the same time, it's just seeing so many of them, you know, and knowing that the, the industry is growing, there's going to be a spot for them if they stick with it. Right. But at the same time, it's like I want to make sure like the ones that that are serious, that they have a place that they can start and put on their resume. I mean, that's a big piece because mm-hmm. people are like, what have you done? If you haven't yeah. done anything, <laughs> no one's going to hire you. That's that's one of those great things in life is the catch 22 of work versus experience versus getting work. It's right. <laughs> like, right. show, right. show me what yeah. work you've done. Well, no, yeah. I, I need the work yeah, to, you to hire me so I can get work. Right. <laughs> oh, that endless cycle. But I mean, it is this, this industry and especially on the indie side, it's so kind of rewarding, like, I don't know, on a personal level to see that people can still just go out, like you said, with a dream, with the hope and aspiration and, make it happen just through sheer perseverance because if you've got that and the the motivation and everything to stick with it it will eventually work out it's it's a matter of time more than anything but it's just having that positive attitude and getting that little sprinkle of luck along the way because yeah somebody's definitely got to open a door somewhere but what 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 gets you there that's that's i think that's something we've learned since 2008 is just you you just keep trying. You you come along. You you have. I mean, we used to have this uh, this uh, folder where we we can put in our ideas for games. And you should see this folder. It's hilarious. <laughs> There's so many crazy ideas. But you you're not going to hit the big idea. You're not going to hit the one that really resonates with people unless you just keep doing it. And mm-hmm. you, I mean, failure is it's like it's it's just a part of business it's a part of an entertainment business a game business right that you're just going to keep producing and and you're going to make quality games quality products but you you can't stop at the one fail the flop right and say well i, I just it's not going to work well 
you've got to do 10 flops for one that might make something. So exactly. it's, it's failure, failing well and failing often, I think, is a something that I've learned over those years. There you go. That's a good one. And it is, I, I always kind of mentally think of it as, too, the way you physically work out your body to get to a goal of any kind of prowess in sports or just in physical strength, it's you have to do the repetitions. You have to do the, the repeat. You have to make the product first, then move on to the next thing to get that progression, to get better at it, to do those reps, those, those laps of everything before you actually have something that's potentially worth showing off or however you look at it. But it yeah. is, you, you can't just walk into the gym and expect to throw up 450 pounds on the bench press. You, you've got to work up to that. No. I mean, it's, and, and yeah, oh, yeah. there's, oh, there's yeah. always that time where you throw up more than you can handle and you need somebody to pull the, the barbell off your chest, but it's, it is, it's those experiences <laughs> that, that you learn and grow from. You can't just walk out and say, I'm going to make the next halo. Like it doesn't necessarily yeah. work like that. <laughs> of course there's exceptions. No, there's, there's no. always that one person that you could there's think always of. Ex- there's always <laughs> exceptions that everybody likes to use those. Yes, of course. <laughs> oh, so unfair. Unfair and unrealistic, but yeah, no, it's, it's great. You guys definitely sound like you're on the exact right page for, for everything. And I, through this podcast, I'm, I'm going to make the, the same kind of wall of ideas and keep a tally of how often all these different things come up. Like one of the common themes already is, is like we talked about, it's all about the reps. It's about doing it and failing and learning and and moving on. And it's, you've got to do that, but also having a day job is not outrageous. Like you can have success and live your dreams slowly, but surely in the background while real life still goes on outside of it. I mean, that's, that's how it works for most everybody so far that I've talked to is yes, I, I was working for a living with this company, coding this, that, and the other thing, or I still am. And this is the weekend and side project type thing. Uh, totally, because it's it's this thing of, and I, for me too, you know, many things I've learned, you know, you know, being in Soma is that you know, one thing is just being very good steward of my own time and my resources mm-hmm. because it gives me the ability to do those projects and and to grow the business. Whereas if you do have to go have a side job, if you do need to have, you still have to have a good family and you have to take care of yourself, and so. Yeah. For me, as a business person, I've I've had to hone time management. I've had to hone you know, all those things that that create you know the seven principles of a highly successful person. <laughs> you know, it sounds like you know like uh, uh, the self help crap, but, right? But the truth of it is, the the more you hone your skills, the more time you have to follow your dream. True. Yeah, because you could become more efficient at using the time that you do yeah. have, however limited it may be. Yeah. And learn how to yeah kind of because you've got to also learn to pick your battles too. I mean, how big of a project are you going to try to tackle, and when do you cut bait and move on to the next thing? Like learning all those points too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, another thing that I do like that you guys do are those live streams and the Q and As because you are you're absolutely pulling back the curtain to let everybody see like this. This is the reality of it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the, the live streams are, are something, and they've migrated over time. We used to do what we call the Flurry Fridays, and it was like a every Friday we did a, a video vlog, just kind of an update. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was goofy and just the fun game, you know, company world. Other times it was you know, revealing some things that we were finding um, in the industry or new games we were playing. And then that kind of that migrated into how do we the the spirit of it is we wanted to show what we do as a shop, you mm -hmm. know, what our culture was. And so I think having now that it's migrated, I like it. I mean, I love the Flurry Fridays. It was a lot of work to do. Yeah. And it was a lot of work to produce. And so with the live streams, you're you're really like you said, you're opening the curtain to you know, to the wizard. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're showing, you know who we are and 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 i think for the fans that's really cool to see oh yeah um and some i think some businesses would be like oh that's too we're showing too much you know like this is you know you know you want to be like professional and have everything dialed in just right but at the same time you know you're showing how a real shop works and i think that's that's something that's been really great and we were doing it on twitch and it just we weren't able to grow the community there mm -hmm. just because we weren't it's it's not a place that um, a lot of us hang out. Right. And there are some we do watch you know gameplays and when we see new releases that we like coming out. Mm -hmm. But we switched that uh, last couple months to YouTube Live because that's that's where you I mean if you think about the Redwall community or any any larger community, you know YouTube is pretty familiar, and so the folks are going to be able to easily access that. Well, and that's the thing too is again with learning the learning curve and experience of it is which channels are right for your audience? Where, where are they? Like you said, Facebook yeah. and YouTube are much more useful than Twitch and Twitter had been. So. Yeah. And, and we, we pay attention. I mean, my philosophy from the beginning, especially as communications is to have, to have it set up. So if, if your fans talk to you anywhere that you can easily get there, log in and, and, and engage with them. Yeah, and, definitely. and so, you know, we have Instagram, we have, you know, we're growing uh, our face, we're growing Instagram, but the real mean potatoes for us has been uh, Facebook, especially for the Redwall community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, Facebook is we're, really, we're slowly growing YouTube. Yeah. yeah. YouTube too. Yeah. Facebook is, it's, it's a weird one. It's, it's like, it's changed from, <laughs> oh, yeah. of course, from what it was so, initially you, intended, oh. but I mean, yeah, just in the last, cause I, I didn't even have a Facebook profile until within the last year. Cause I just refused more than yeah. anything, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's so much more dynamic now. Like there is the personal side of it as, as well as this new kind of business interaction side that it's, it's yeah. better than something like the internet's usually been because the internet's so anonymous. Facebook forces yeah. you to yeah. be you, a, a real person but you can still interact yeah. with your your idols, your industries that you're interested in and businesses. And it, and now you've mm -hmm. got this real it's it's something that always excites me is when you have that real person to person connection that that, that goes miles well, compared to anything else. Yeah, and and coming from our other our, most of our experience with um, gaming community. Uh, whether it's on on the mobile the mobile devices or Steam, mm -hmm. it's it's uh, the Redwall community and the Redwall game community there that we've we've built. It's it's a nice place to hang out. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not scary and dark, right? 
you know, uh, trolls. I mean, this is the weird part. I, I joke with Chris is that we don't have trolls there. I don't. <laughs> it does. It's kind of like scratch my head, like because I guess we're so used to trolls just oh, yeah. being in the game, you know, video game world, right? Uh, and you know, not that they won't show up once the game comes out, but yeah. the community in itself. You know, we have if someone does show up and is inappropriate or whatever, the community themselves basically comes after them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. You know, it's pitchforks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because now you're you're messing with a a, a precious thing to them, and especially if they're invested <laughs> yeah. in their and they like what you're doing. When the trolls come out, oh no, you you've got an army. We yeah, are legion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is that's a that's a new idea that I, I jotted down is the trolls like when and where are they going to show their faces because in in this industry as far as i've seen so far like everybody is hyper positive i mean it's all collaboration it's all working together it's show me what you're working on here's what i'm working on let's do something together yeah, down the road yeah. i mean it's it's definitely like you said a complete opposite of what we expect from the internet and interacting with people yeah i mean if you want to find trolls go you know Go look at the comments on Kotaku or places <laughs> like that. I mean, we've had articles there on our previous games. And, mm-hmm. you know, like for the most part, people are awesome and they're great. But right. boy, when they come out, it's just like, if you want a bad day, if you want to depress yourself, go read the comments on those, on the posts that, that, uh, that Kotaku's written on you. And, and you'll like, you'll, you'll probably want to go hide in the woods oh, for a while. Oh, geez. No, I, I do. I'm, I'm a masochist like that as well. Like I love... And I, I don't know, I do it differently, I, I guess. When I start looking at a product or looking at reviews, I always go straight to the one stars. I want to know if there's anybody right. in there that isn't crazy. Like, is is there, that, is there one to, legitimate review in here? The fact that, yeah, I, I started, when we were in the heyday of our iOS games mm-hmm. uh, development, I started this Instagram account called the one I wonders. I think it's still out there. <laughs> and I would post picture screenshots of these loony one star reviews. Yes. Like, because most of them, they haven't, they're just attention getters. They're trolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And it was hilarious. It was growing pretty fast because people loved it. They're <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Let, those idiots. <laughs> yep. No, it is. That's, that's the best. Cause I mean, it, like anytime, anytime I look at something on Amazon, it's like, Oh, there's five one star reviews. Let's, let's take a look. <laughs> Cause I would, I would love to see just one legitimate one star review where, Oh, well, yeah, this person right. definitely swayed my right. opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Oh man. Um, with the live streams again, uh, the couple that I've seen are basically an art jam. Like this is what we're going to yeah. <clears throat> work on today. And here it goes from beginning to finish or, it's if maybe just right picking up in the middle of here's where we are, here's where mm-hmm. we left off and kind of see where I go in the next couple hours. How, how do you think that would inspire, I mean, potential people looking at it again with like, we've talked about the, the time constraints and everything, like the, the kind of lessons that might be buried in there. What do you think? Well, I think part of it is if you're willing to get your, you know, as an artist, you're willing to get your tablet out or your programming you know, get unity out and you're, you're actually willing to, to ex- show that live to whoever's going to come watch it either live or, or after the stream, you're saying, you know, uh, here's my art. You're telling the world, here's my art. And 
you know, we just talked about trolls. We talked about <laughs> critics. You yep. know, um, it's that great Roosevelt quote that, you know, the man in the arena, like that's the real hero. That's the person who actually says, here's my art. I'm going to step out into the world and show you what I've got. And I don't care if you're going to throw fruit at me or darts or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's looking at the negative side. But this, but the positive side of that is that as we start to show our art, whether it's programming or doing a podcast or, or doing the live stream of, of you know, one of our artists drawing a mouse, you're inspiring people to do the same. And, and I think, yeah, there's practical things. People are going to learn how to do shading. They're going to learn how to do... Um, texturing, they're going to learn how to do coding, those kind of things. But at the end of the day, I think they are thinking about, well, what could I do? What could what could I put out there? What how how could I be brave and 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 and, sh and like you said, pull back the curtain and mm -hmm. say, this is what I'm working on? Because that's it's hard to do. No one wants to show a first or second or third draft. They right. want they want everything to be perfect. Yep. And I think a lot of the brilliant stuff happens in the working on the drafts, you know, it's the, it's the second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth rounds. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's, that's what I love doing this. Yeah. That's where you see the ideas that are born and die before it even comes out because yeah, something sounds good one day yeah. and come back a couple of days later. Eh. <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. is, it's it, again, that, that humanizes the whole process too. And I'm sure it is inspirational it really does. because anybody, anybody that's an artist and has that self doubt, can watch and see how everybody else works through it. And yeah, it's part mm -hmm. of the game. So you're not crazy. You're not strange. It's no, this is totally normal. Right. <laughs> that is, that's awesome. It's exciting. And that, that's another thing that's, that's really big with the, the indie scene again, like the, the smaller development studios, everybody's willing to show, like we talked about earlier that the bigger companies or other companies would be like, Oh no, you're showing too much or too soon or anything like that. But that's where you get right. like real good, genuine feedback too. And like you said, the, the trolls aren't here. Yeah. So why, why not? Right. 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 No, it's exciting. Well, let's see what else, what else can we talk about? Um, what other, like with Redwall, we've got the, the main game going for now, but obviously you want to make it a series, right? Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, right now that's just, it's in the formation of like what we're going to do, but the, the plan now is, is that the license has opened us up to have a series, like a, a, a series of games. And so and we're talking about things like VR and AR and, Ooh. and, and, you know, mobile and all sorts of different ideas. And so, I mean, a lot of those are being formed as we speak, mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's really cool. So it's not just one flash in the, you know, flash in the pan. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think as, especially as this community grows and we see what the interests of people are and what, and it's not just that, but technology. That's one thing with Soma games and code monkeys mm -hmm. that, um, since 2008 is we've been able to be on the cusp of technology. Uh, we, Early on, I think it was right when the in 2008 when G came out, um, Intel discovered us and they asked us to port their game to be one of their first games being ported over to their new tablets and mm -hmm. and uh, and small notebooks at the time, mm -hmm. and that was super exciting. We got to go to CES <laughs> with Intel. Yeah, um, we got to go to you know all the big you know uh, IDF and all the big conferences with Intel. I think Chris got to go to um, Taiwan. 
you know, I've been to Barcelona for Intel and all these. So as we do that in the Black Belt program with them, they show us technology that sometimes isn't coming for two years to the public. Right. And so we get to work on, um, you know, you know, motion work, like cameras that are capturing motion. Uh, we did that when we were doing Stargate game, uh, a fully motion control game. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of these things that are now becoming public. Mm-hmm. We've been seeing for two years in advance, and that's been really great for us. And so as technology is growing, we're growing right before it. Mm-hmm. And right now we're doing a lot of, you know, uh, things that I can't talk about with even with Intel that, that will be able to tease those out to the community as, you know, time goes on. Right. And, I mean, you look at what things are going to be like in 2030. Oh, geez. It's just going to be, you know, for <laughs> AI. Yeah, I know AI and, and robotics and motion sensing and mixed and reality, prediction, you know, Oh, Gosh. Yeah. So that's 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 real exciting for us to be able to do things like that, mm-hmm. especially with the with the series. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of my the my constant like fallbacks, the things I always go to with like VR is the the warehouse that's set up. Everybody has a backpack with a VR headset on and you basically right. are transported to whatever world they want. So now yeah. automatically I transplant in Redwall. Like how amazing would it be right. to be uh, in the body of a mouse now? And here's literally <laughs> the Abbey. You go into an empty uh, building, yeah. but you throw on the mask and here you are like, ah, the yeah. d- the day is coming. Like, and it's, <laughs> it, and it, it's funny the this last year, we didn't, we didn't, we we're just too busy in the development stage right now to head to GDC this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year, with just VR everywhere, it was we made a little video, and it's in this place where we're kind of stuck. Like, how do you, how do you display the brilliance of VR to a consumer? Right. And it's just difficult because right now, I mean, it's it's getting better. Mm-hmm. But you know, when we were down there, it was like everybody with headsets. It's like, right. uh, it's like yeah, <laughs> like we this... got to. I got to see some of the great games, you know, and play with those, mm-hmm. but that's all changing and it's coming. And I think, you know, the industry, just like they did with 3d TV, uh, you know, it switches and it morphs into what is going to become the norm and what is going to be the next step for, uh, consumer gaming. Right. And, and so VR is not going to be what it was two years ago or nope. even what it was two months ago. Well, and one of our programmers is, is, yeah, he's on the lead of that and mm-hmm. he's doing amazing stuff up in Seattle and he's been uh, with us from the beginning and it's been really cool to see him developing his own games and what those are like. Nice. Yeah. With VR, like you mentioned the ugh, 3d TVs, that, that was one of the bigger disappointments for me over the last <laughs> few years because I was fully invested. Uh, I mean, I, I wanted that to happen. Like that was such a great thing for games. And that's the first thing that got cut from it is everybody just dropped support. My, the PS3 was the last thing to do it. And it's the only thing that I've even played just only like a couple of games on. And it's such a bummer. But right. now with VR, we've got the investment. Everybody is sold in the industry, on the yeah. consumer side. It's just getting the price point right, the experiences out there. Yep. And that's that's the hard thing too, like you said. you. You walk into a, an expo and all you see is people standing around with goggles on their face. How do we bridge that gap? Like, cause the only way to really understand VR is to do it, to, to have a headset on your face and experience it until then 
It's just yeah, conjecture. Because you, you, and you don't want it to be gimmicky. You oh. want it to be a real good experience. That's that's one of the spots we're in too. Is it's, and even then beyond inexperience, because that's what a lot of them have turned into. It's you're not even releasing a full game. It's just here. Look look what you can do. Right. So we're now getting into those stages where fully fleshed out games are going to start being released that are full of these experiences. That's the next yeah. level. And then, and like you said, imagine 10, 20 years from now, good God, <laughs> yeah. the, the surrogates are coming. We're, we're going to be pod oh, people. <laughs> but it, it is, it's an amazing time to, to be a gamer and to be in the industry, either side of it. Oh, it really is. It really is. So looking forward then, um, how should everybody kind of keep up to speed on what you guys are working on? Yeah. Uh, I mean, one big way is on Facebook. If you go to the Redwall, uh, facebook.com Redwall game, that's the place where we post a lot, you know, every other day, uh, you know, fun things, but informational things about the game that's coming. We do a lot of art sharing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube is something that we're really trying to focus on because it's the live stream like you talked about. Yeah. We do those every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And sometimes we just play games, uh, a game that we're enjoying. We do a group game live stream. and um, But then a lot of the Thursdays we do either art streams where, like you talked about, one of the artists or one of the coders actually doing the work and, and interacting with fans. Mm-hmm. Or we do, if there's a big announcement, we sit down, you know, Chris or I and the artist team, we go through slides and actually show you what is going on in world building and in, in modeling and uh, character development, um, you know, landscape, all those different things. And so that's that's definitely, if, if you really want to stay in touch with uh, Redwall, um, subscribe to our Soma Games YouTube there we go. And that's, that's unheard of access too. I mean, that's, that's not something oh, anybody's yeah, yeah. used to, to seeing anything this, yeah. this early and this often. Yep. And then of course, you know, somagames.com and that's where you can find a lot of the backstory on, on the company and some of the games that we've released in the past. And of course, all the red wall news. Awesome. Very good. Well, thank you again, John, for taking some time out today to discuss all this great stuff. Very inspirational. And yeah. hopefully everybody tunes in and really takes advantage of what you guys are putting out there because it is a massive amount of just free information and experience that people should be able to utilize moving forward. I mean, it's it's great stuff. And cool. they can look you guys up too and potentially intern or work with you guys. So it's it's awesome. Yeah. Very exciting. Well, it's been it's been enjoyable, Jason. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. We'll talk again soon. All right. Take care.